Hey everyone, welcome to the Good Bad Gang here. It's your boy Sos, your girl LD. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. And LD is really working hard. She's like right here straight from the airport. Uh, you know what high LD do, you know, influencer, tour entrepreneur. Um, what are the what are the um, superlatives can I use again? You know, making that money. Like right now, I'm looking like at um, two stacks of like a hundred G's, you know, making that good money and all that good stuff. So I'm trying to find out, you know, what what that cash do, so we can go, you know, go pop some bottles with that uh, um, or rather Nigeria money. Hell to the no. That money's going into a bank. But yeah, hi everyone. So I came off straight from the plane and because we love you guys, just had to record the podcast real quick. So yeah, thank you for tuning in again. Are you sure we can't use that dough to pop some bottles? That's nice. No, we can't. You're sure? No. And so tell us how, 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 how did that go? Like um, so I went to Ondo State last week, Wednesday, actually, if so I've been there for a couple of days. Um... My friend's mom owns, um, she's a breast cancer survivor, and my friend is actually a cancer survivor too. So her mom has um, a breast cancer foundation, and it was turning 20 this year. So she was having a sypnosium, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. So she had delegates from like America come in, from all over the country, you know, survivors, everyone. She just had them come in. So they had a week long of, um, stuff going on you know talks classes she sponsored some children you know because her foundation also like helps kids and things like that so um it was really good so i had to do a talk on one of on one of the days to the kids there in secondary school just talking to them about thinking outside the box and you know doing things and solving issues that they're how to be a boss lady like you right we can say that i guess i don't feel very boss lady um but yeah you know just how to not wait for the government to do everything and then after that um because she had delegates coming from you know different places and from out of the country we did tours for them so you know we went to erinjisha waterfalls idori hills and a palace and a museum in Owo. so it was very good you know it was great to see them so happy i mean to to speak with cancer survivors it was to just see that they're so full of life, you know, obviously because they've been to the brink of death, in quotes, and back. So, you know, they're so appreciative of life. They were so excited when we got to the waterfall. I even found out yesterday that there were two ladies who were on the trip who are still battling cancer, you know. But um, one of them was on my flight back today, and she said, like, that trip was so important for her because it was great to talk to people who had been through it, talk to people who are going through it, and just talk to people who just treat them like human beings, you know. She's like, yeah, so she's fighting. Cancer is so expensive. Like, you need drugs for a year. It could be 5.1 million naira. I mean, like, where's the average person meant to get it? And this week, I learned that we don't have any radiography uh, machine in the whole of Nigeria. So people who have to do, um, what do you call it, who have to go through that, you know, they have to look for funds to go out of the country. I mean, the lady who was on my flight told me that the first time she had cancer, she was actually able to do it in Benin because apparently a hospital in Benin had one. But a month after she finished her treatment, he died. Um, the, the, the machine died, literally. So, you know, we have nothing. But yeah, it was really good. I, I think one thing that I got from a lot of them was that their husbands left them. 
because I guess it was too much for them. I mean, some of them are still with their husbands, but it just seemed like 90% of them, you know, were left by their partners. It just struck me that, you know, that's the worst time to leave someone. Yeah, you know, the old vows, you know, for better, for worse, and sickness and his health. Um, funny enough, a lot of ceremonies nowadays, people are actually taking away the, um, those vows. I remember for the last wedding I went to, actually the vows, they said for... For for this for better and better for better and better you know they didn't put for better or worse in it I guess I don't know what so people are really changing and all that you know stick forever but like I said a lot of times we don't want to judge too much because you know everybody likes to believe that you do the right thing but you never know when you're in that situation and when you're actually in it I mean yeah you know you it, think it, think you think your partner is gonna be there with you forever and they might just split or you might think that you know your partner well enough and they just yeah, maybe talking for the men himself. As a man, you can say, oh, yes, I, I will never do that, blah, blah, blah. But I said, you know, a lot of times it's easier said than done. It, the test of a true, test of someone's true character is actually when they're in that situation and they actually have to make that choice. It's easier to do, what they call it, Monday morning quarterbacking on the other side of things. But um, I guess from what you said, it just shows, you know, you have to live your life like it's your last enjoy what you can enjoy like you said people just have pure joy just to visiting all the sites and stuff like that so uh yeah tough and just relating this back to another list I saw where this where um, Lagos um, was ranked the worst uh, city for women um, was ranked number eight in the world Cairo was number one and London was oh sorry I just realized that I said rubbish you're meant to go for radiation treatment so I think I said radiotherapy so just in case you know sorry about yeah so uh, yeah okay yeah so um yeah so what I was trying to say is like um so in the poll Cairo was the worst city for women. Uh, Nigeria was um, Nigeria. Lagos was eight, and London was um, seen as the best. And it was what they use of like they did nineteen mega cities, which is a city of um, ten million or more people. And the criteria were um, sexual violence, um, access to um, healthcare, access to finance and economy, um, education. So stuff like that was the um, criteria, and you know. Lagos, I guess, was on that list, went down on that list. So it's it's kind of, I guess, interesting where we're always seeing ourselves down on this kind of dubious type of list. But you as a woman, uh, I think you're also in in a interesting place where you both lived in London and you lived in Lagos. How much different in terms of this stuff? Like, let go with sexual violence. Do you feel much safer in London than in Lagos? Have you experienced... Um, harassment or whatever. Um, so I, I feel like I'm. I'm not sure which I prefer. <laughs> of course, London seems like the most appropriate answer as the best. But here's the thing: having lived in London, I know that there are places in London that I could go to, and I'd be very worried. So you know, there's these situations of um, 
in it boys you know the east london boys who i, I won't necessarily call them agueros but you know they're very tough they're very everything you get and they're walking around with their pit bulls so if one of them is trying to holler at you and you're and you're what's it called you're fronting a pit bull could be released on you and you know people's are you know there's something else they're ferocious so usually when i'm in london and i see guys with their pitbulls i'm very in fact i'm i'm already on the other side of the road because i'm a bit worried you know because I, I don't want anyone trying to talk to me and you know so I, even in london in the parks girls get raped girls get knifed you know that kind of thing but i guess maybe it's just not as often maybe or maybe it's not just I of course it's heard about because that's why i know it but i'm just saying um yes definitely i feel safer in london but these things do happen obviously now in lagos am i scared that someone is going to release a dog on me because i'm no Lagos. i feel like lagos it's more of like cat calling trying to holler you hey fine babe now come come or they're probably trying to drag your hand or whatever of course like people get raped and things like that in lagos so i think it's a 50 50 thing for me if that makes any sense but then again it's not like i'm walking on the road a lot or um you know walking down the streets i'm usually just almost always in my car so that could also be a situation now what i would say is that i feel like nigerian men nigerian men feel very entitled and i don't know if that's the right word to use so at the office you know you're, you're saying good morning to someone and the guy is trying to hug you and you're wondering you don't have to touch me why are you touching me to say good morning do you get what i'm saying we're not friends like <laughs> even if we're friends don't hug me you know that's that's probably not something that would happen in an office in england so if we if we put it that way do you understand what i'm saying or they're trying to hold your hand when they're talking to you and you're just thinking or they're trying to you know put their hands around their waist so i i would say that that's how it is in lagos so in both countries you know shit happens people get raped girls get hollered at whatever whatever but i think that in lagos they're more brazen they, they feel more entitled if that makes any sense especially in the corporate setting like i mean if i'm walking on the street i'm probably going to expect someone to be cat calling or whatever jiggy i've already read it in my mind i have like my resting bitch face on in fact sometimes you hear the security guard saying uh uh it's not that serious why they frown your face you know that kind of thing so you're always probably always prepared here in lagos to just you just know that something stupid is gonna happen yeah you know? but i think that's kind of puts it on the list right in terms of because you prepared your mind for it doesn't mean that it's not something that you know it's, it's bad, right? Because essentially, you, you're not preparing your mind that same way when you're walking the streets of London. I right? just told you, if depending on where I am in London, if I see some kind of guys, I'm going across to, to the other side of the road. Stylishly, I'm not going to make it obvious yeah, that I'm, I'm running away from we're them. We're doing comparison here. Like, what is the mind? Is the same? You're telling me the same mindset in both places? Um, or, or no, so that's what I'm saying. Like that, especially if you're with a pit bull, I'm more scared that you're going to release your pit bull. Yeah, but you, you, you were describing one particular scenario now i'm trying to look at it in the broader aspect of things so we think about lagos as a city you even said you can only dodge some of these um this particular part of london i don't know i've never been to london before so i don't know that stuff so what i'm trying to say is that we're trying to create a whole holistic scene like what you may be describing right now because like i said this ranking was done on different criteria, which was sexual violence, That's what I said, if we are talking just on sexual violence, then I feel like both of them are all balanced. If we're talking on sex, but if we're talking about all of them in general, like the harmful, whatever, access to, of course, Lagos, it, it deserves to be where it is. Do you get what I'm saying? Because the list is, what city for women? 
So it's a holistic thing. Yeah, so it's five things, but you brought out sexual, what's it called? So, so in your list for sexual violence. I'm just saying they're almost on par. Yeah. Mm. Almost on par. Like, yes, definitely, I feel more confident wearing like a short skirt in London or whatever. Do you get what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that I'm not worried that in the night something might not happen. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like how I preach safety no matter where you are. So I'm saying if you're picking out just sex, unfortunately that's the world that we live in. But if it's everything else that was on that index, of course, Lagos, Lagos is a joke when you compare it to like other countries. Alright, so I guess. Um... But that's my own personal experience. Like you, you can't expect my own personal experience to be like every other person's personal experience. Yeah, you can always speak from a point of view. Exactly. You know, so. At least from what I'm getting, it's not so much of a difference between the two of them. At least from what you've experienced living in both cities. Yeah, like I'm saying, it's the same type of safety I would take in Lagos is the same in London. Do you understand? Now, I don't know if it's because I'm conditioned to think that as a female, anything could happen to me. Like, do you, know, do you get where I'm now coming from? Essentially, yes. Just saying that. It could be a conditioning situation. It doesn't matter where you are. Yes, you, exactly. Your, your, frame, your, your frame of mind has already been set. Yes. So it's not about whether I'm in Lagos or whatever. Like, so the same way I would feel if I wore a short skirt in Lagos, it's the same way I'd feel a short skirt in London. Yes, everyone is wearing a short skirt in London, but in the night, I'm probably a bit more aware. Do you get what I'm saying? That it's nighttime and I'm wearing a short skirt, that kind of situation. So let's go with, so but in terms of working and stuff at the job, you, you feel more confident in your... Uh, I've never worked in England, so I don't know. But I don't. I'm very sure that people don't pass their boundaries or all trying to hug you. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, in fact, in my office, it's a situation of someone is trying to hug you, and then it now becomes, "What's wrong with you? Are you the only woman?" Do you get what I'm saying? And like, this this can't be normal. I don't even know if it's specific to just my office or if that's how every office place in Nigeria is. Do you get what I'm saying? But at least I don't hear this kind of conversations from my female friends who live in England. I'm it's probably more advanced or whatever do you get what i'm saying but in terms of i, I just feel like nigerian men feel very entitled so essentially sexual harassment at the workplace is a problem in lagos right of course yes so, so it's almost like um, co-workers feel entitled to yeah their, so this is not even just a boss and exactly so it's co-workers you know always trying to touch someone rubbing someone's and you're like why why do you have to touch me you know that kind of thing or they're asking you creepy questions that have that they have no business about um so it's just it's just very random i think the sad thing is just that there are so many african countries on the on the list i think cairo is number one number two is um the Kigali, not Kigali, sorry, some, some I can't say it right, some st- um, city in um, Congo. So it's kind of sad that so many African. Uh, yeah, obviously, and I, I feel like I know that they give the index of the matrix, yeah, but I'm got, sure that it's more than that. Because if you're looking at it, it's countries yeah. where women really don't have a say in yeah. anything that is going on. And I'm sure, like, whatever. Said, part of it is um, cultural practices. Yes, it's most. I'm so going to say it's mostly hit, cultural practices. Yeah, exactly. And also um, access to education and things like that. Exactly, so, so. because like we all know that in Nigeria, in the northern side of Nigeria, for instance, how many females are actually going to school? Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm sure it's mostly things like that and funny enough it's not just northern nigeria i mean there was a point in time where generally men did not see the point of their female kids going to school actually you said like 15 that uh, this poll i said was not gender specific but it's about 53 percent of the nigerian uh, children are not in school 
Um, I think I saw that. I think you said female. Yes, it said female because it spelled out the number. It said so. When you think about it, that's about I can't remember how many million. So like, think about it. Like apparently, most of the um, most of the females who aren't in school are African in the world. They are African, so it's no surprise that you know a lot of African countries will be on a list for worst places for women. Jige Wang saying. Yeah, I'm not saying like I said that statistic I saw was like Nigeria where mm. about I don't remember if whether it was gender specific or not, but I just remember saying that 53% of uh, children in Nigeria are not in school, which is which is alarming. I want you think about you know what's going on in the rest of the world where um, artificial intelligence is coming and it's uh, all the kind of jobs are going to be you know coming about and all the orders are going to be phased out. Um, you know where, where, where as the new generation of Nigerians, where are they going to fit in in that new world order where AIs and all these new type of tech jobs are coming in? Mm-hmm. Are just going to be you know like the the stunted growth is even going to be you know even stunted even more. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just crazy, like I said. So I believe most of it is cultural practices because <laughs> I cannot argue with that. I mean. Despite being a modern woman in quotes, I'm still people still side eye you and say things like all this working that you're working, you should not be more successful than your husband, if not blah blah blah. So do you get what I'm saying? So even in some ways, despite you being modern and people trying to say yes, they were the twenty first century woman, people still, you know, think that you should not be you should not fully reach your potential. So definitely I I don't disagree with that list. I'm just saying that in certain aspects which yeah. is just the sexual aspect i feel like every yeah, country is yeah, it's a problem everywhere because even france where they're actually trying to um um create a law to outlaw cat calling so it's like yeah it's, it's like, a problem everywhere yes yeah, so it's such a it's such an issue in france that they actually want to put in a law to like say you can't cat call a woman so it's kind of a uh, i guess it's, it's, there's nowhere in the world where you can say a woman is actually safe like feel, yeah. no matter how minimal it might be and i know i kept saying oh if i wear a short skirt or blue the truth is you can be covered from head to toe and still be sexually harassed you know you're, you're just the, another female face or another female body to the people on the streets work i'm calling you so yeah Tell the feeling like I'm trapped in my damn mind Tell the feeling like I'm rapping a damn lie Tell the feeling like my life is a damn game Nigga really wanna die in the nighttime Only time I feel pain when I'm feeling love That's why I said it on my face that I'm damn numb Only time you got my mind when I'm all alone That's why I'm never really alone in the nighttime Change hoes like clothes, I can get attached Cause these hoes five starters like lit matches I've been feeling really lost, looking all attachments I don't really go outside cause I hate traffic I don't wanna go outside, get caught in traffic Yeah, and you mentioned something about even being That like, you cannot be more successful than your um, partner or else is a problem as a woman right and that's what the older generation tries to tell you yeah so what i find interesting is this i always wondered this and i've heard some people try to debate this before like when you're in a relationship or whatever right are you borrow money to uh, your partner or even you as a woman if your boyfriend lends you money or whatever you say oh i need to get this i said just please lend me 50k whatever do you usually expect him to ask for it back? Or if you're the one that lends, do you expect your money back? Um, so here's what I think. I, generally, I'm actually very funny about money. I'm, it's just now that I'm learning to um, 
be a bit more so when i say funny about money i'm very weird about borrowing money like i might be very broke but i won't ask you for money and i'm talking about in the context of a relationship now do you get what i'm saying and again i I feel like all this is because of conditioning so maybe because i'm thinking i don't want to get to think that you know he's just my bank account or i'm with him for the money do you get what i'm saying so Honestly, except you find out that I'm broke or I'm forced to tell you that I'm broke, I'm usually not the very, um, come out and borrow money from you. Do you get what I'm saying? Not because I feel like there's anything wrong with it. There's probably nothing wrong with it. Just my brain hasn't been, my, my brain is still reorientating. Because you know how, like, on social media now, they make it seem like, oh, women only date guys so that they can have extra income. As if, you no, know, the guy is, like, another job. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, here's the thing. I feel like there's a difference between asking someone to loan you money and asking someone to, like, help you out or give you money. I just usually tell people, if you know you're not going to give me this money back, don't use the word loan or borrow. Do you get what I'm saying? But once you ask me to... Once you put the statement, I'll give you back this money. Best believe I'm going to be waiting for that money. That's just who I am. Do you get? So, so yeah. I'm saying I'm talking about in the context of a relationship now, yeah. so I'm not talking about even outside. Oh, okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, so, okay. it's like, if my boyfriend so, tells so me, so you expect your money back. Yeah. So, if my boyfriend tells me, oh, um, please give me twenty k, I'll give it back to you. I just really need to pay someone off. Do you get what I'm saying? The way that you're putting it, it's like in the context of, oh, I just can't transfer money now or something. So, just give it to me and I'll give it back. Do you understand what I'm saying? But now, if it's a situation of you really need money, you come to me or i find out and you know i give you the money i'm not going to expect it back does that make any sense i'm still trying to understand so let's say i find out you are broke for instance you get what i'm saying right mm-hmm. and i send you money yeah but do, man, do, man, do, yeah, do, yeah, that's, somebody money. that's, different. that's what i'm saying that i'm saying so for me it's a function of words the words you use that's yeah. why i gave you the whole for me if you tell me no, borrow like, me money that, or that, loan me money the question was if you borrow money so it's not implicit they are borrowing money i'm not saying if you that's if you, if you give somebody money at your own volition and there's no, no expectation if, if, for if you, you to if get you it borrow back. money from me and you tell me that oh you're going to give me back so, so long as you use the word i'll give you back i'm so, expecting that money back yeah, i might not pressure you or i might not ask you do you get what i'm saying yeah. i might not be the kind of say where's my money where's my money okay let's flip well, it the other way around now because i think this is the situation most guys are in if if you if uh if your boyfriend borrows you money do you expect to pay it back but that's why i just gave you the scenario of that's why i don't borrow money because i'm funny about money yeah but if you do so if you do as long as i tell him i'll pay him back i'll pay him back. so you so you, so you expect to so see you expect i'll to, pay him back okay as long as i said please can you loan me this money i'll pay you back do you get what i'm saying but i'd rather be more brazen and be like i need money <laughs> do you get what i'm saying like don't put yourself i feel like sometimes people say borrow me money even though they know damn well they're probably not going to be able to pay that money back do you get what i'm saying and they say borrow me money i'll pay you back don't even put that statement in just be like money i need money anyway, can, you, can you help me in out my own, in my own experience all most of the people i've dated and they borrow me money i don't think i've ever gotten the money back before so did they ever say oh i'll give you back your money they said borrow me money the context is they said they're mm. borrowing money so so oh, can you borrow me this money i need to do blah 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 and you know half of the time I never get it back, and to be honest, in my expectations, I shouldn't expect to get it back. Yeah, that's exactly like I think the thing is, expectations usually is what the issue is because you're expecting it, do you get 
your expectations are now crushed if you don't get it. Do you understand? But because you're not expecting, you've already forgotten about it once you. Yeah, because it out. because in my experience, nobody has ever paid back before. Mm. So you know, my my past indicators have showed me that they never pay back. I think the only thing you can do, at least at least from my own experience, is to make sure you don't borrow an amount where you can't let go of. you can't let go of so sometimes oh please borrow me blah blah and there's some things that when they actually borrow for like maybe somebody said oh man i need to cover my rent i need this 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 yeah, that's different i guess so, so if something like that i'm like ah, i'm not gonna start hunting you for my money back for rent payment that you need to make i'm not gonna do that and if it's an extronomical amount i'm like man sorry i can't give you that much but you know can you take this chunk of it and see where you can get the rest from or whatever it is. And it's that much I know that if I don't get it back, I'm willing to live with it versus, you know, because it's just, I don't know, if I was a guy, you can't be hounding your girlfriend for your money. Oh yeah, you borrow me, you know, Andre K. Uh, where is it though? You promise it just it just doesn't work. So half of the time you never you never get it back. And obviously when you break up is is over. You're not getting that money again. So it's just the way it yeah, is. Like I said, not, experience at least for guys anyway. Like I said, it's not like I feel like there's anything wrong with getting money from your partner. Well, except that's the sole reason why you're dating the person, and that's different. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So the context is not whether to borrow or not to borrow. The context is. What 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 do you expect to get that money back or not? If and I feel, and you know what? I feel it also depends on the relationship. You know, like sometimes you're dating someone, and you you know how there are a lot of people who date just for the sake of dating, or just think that this person is not serious. Do you get what I'm saying? You're more likely to be like, you borrowed my money, please, I want my money back. Do you get what I'm saying? But I think that sometimes if it's someone that you maybe see like a future with, of course, shit happens. Do you get what I'm saying? You're more likely to be like, mm, whatever. But it's funny, like, you see about dating or whatever, but husbands and husbands and wife borrow each other money, right? Yes, of course. So I mean, like, it's funny, but you know what? It's, even in the context of marriage, it's even worse. Like, I remember my boss, she was like, because when she found out that I had, like, um, a... Oh, it's so weird to borrow money from your partner. She's like, ah, if you are married, you you go hungry if you, if you can't learn how to say, um, give me money. Do you get what I'm saying? Because she's like, that's the closest person to you. Who else do you want to now go and ask for money? But she's like, the thing is, you might not pay back as in like, take the 100K back. Do you get what I'm saying? She's like, because sometimes your partner might not even like want to collect it or whatever, but you can find a way to... To what's it called? So let's say the person, both of you go out and there's something to pay for or whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? That could be your own way, except you know that the person really needs the money. But um, I, I, husbands and wives definitely borrow money. But one thing I've noticed or I've heard in marriages is that the husband always seems to pay the wife back, but the wife never pays the husband back. That's, um, that's, um, that's, that's the exact point I'm making, and it's the same thing I said even in relationships. That's what I was asking you if you if you borrow yeah, money, the husband always. I know. Do you know one thing I've le- I've seen? The wives are constantly reminding their husbands. You borrowed hundred thousand from me. If he's gonna have my money back, you know. I guess there's no shame in your game. By the time you are married, it's just like, please give my money. And funny stuff. Something I got people triggered. I don't know whether it was uh, that two or three weeks ago. Um, there's this popular female pastor. I don't remember her name right now. I just said something to the effect of like. We'll if, put the link up for you guys. Yeah, she 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 gets she said something to the effect of um, if you are a woman and your husband asks you for two million to borrow. And you cannot produce that money. You are a useless woman. No, I think that it was multifaceted why people were upset. Because she started out with, if you're a housewife, you're a failure. That's exactly what she said. Okay. Before she now moved on to... And it got women a bit... Um, and funny enough, it wasn't just women. Because I, I had guys also, you know, talking about it and everything. 
so people i remember one girl put it up in my church group she's like um so have you guys had this thing so all you housewives do you feel like you're failures or whatever you know that kind of thing and everyone now they're asking what is her context of housewife does she mean someone who doesn't go up like go to a nine to five every day do you hear what i'm saying or does she mean someone who just sits at home but is able to it also what what is a housewife i know what the housewife is now housewife she's at home she doesn't go to work but she's doing business from home housewives do business from home that's not the strict term of housewife a housewife is a a housewife she takes care of she's a home home and that word use homemaker Mm. that's what i like to use a a homemaker that's what the housewife is yeah and then she's like if your husband cannot borrow money from you i feel like i understood what she was saying but she just said it all wrong personally i watched that whole clip and i don't know why people are triggered to me she, the woman made total sense to me so to me i was kind of puzzled when because i often didn't see the reaction online i was actually puzzled when i somebody like, i was talking to my cousin and my cousin was like ah oh, people were dragging the woman I'm like, what for what? Because everything made sense to me. I didn't see any. Like I said, issue I understood what, she, what said. she was saying. So, what she's trying to say is that you should be able to borrow your husband two million when he asks for two million. What if you don't have two million? Oh, you, she's the one is giving a speech. Two million is obviously it's hyperbole. It's hyperbole. But it's no, just... I th- that's what I'm saying. I understand what she's saying, but I think the way that she came, she maybe she would have said something like, so if your husband cannot, you know, borrow money from you or whatever. Obviously, like okay, so we said housewives in the strictest terms, but you know that they are rich housewives right like those women that you know their husbands give them money every month and then from that money they will save money do you get what i'm saying so let's say their husbands give them a check of 50k a month to take care of the house and themselves hey from that 50k you know how women that's stealing (laughs) you know how women are always looking for the hottest deal they now move 10k to to the back that is you know that is stealing i I don't care i'm not a housewife i'm just telling you what i know and what i've heard yeah i'm telling you that's stealing though whatever he gave you the 50k said do what you do with it not do what you want if it's for housekeeping there's groceries on that so so when there's change you go back and say take the change so she rolled over anyway as i was saying so they are actually rich housewives because you see some of them their bank accounts and you're thinking what the hell but it's actually like them saving up from the money everything that, everything that their then, husband then, 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 then i want to borrow money and give me my own money yes, exactly. And, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then they will yeah, collect yeah, the money yeah, back. so i'm just trying to say that you know uh, at the end of the day i understand what she's saying but i um you know there's something i say you should be able to tell someone go fuck yourself or go to hell and they're actually looking forward to it. there's a way you say something that people don't feel offended and I, I feel like i'm constantly trying to teach people how not to offend people i think today people are the, the everybody is being too pissy nowadays she, the woman is giving a talk obviously to drive him drive home a point you have to go for it. You can't be using all these lukewarm terms. Nobody be watching the video if it's going to lukewarm terms. To me, I don't see anything, any reason anybody should be triggered from it. She made total sense and saying that, you know what, do something, add, add value, whatever it is, to what to your relationship as a woman. And I don't see what people are getting all triggered about. Of course, I'm not against people adding value. I mean, hey, I'm working my butt off to live the life that I want to live. So yeah, definitely you should. You should. I'll be the. I'll be the last. I'll be the first person to tell you that you should always have something that you're doing. Even if you're a stay-at-home wife, you can do business from your house. Like you, you don't have to move an inch from your house. You could do business from your home. You know that kind of thing. You could employ people. You. It's just add value i think that's all she's trying to say maybe her examples just didn't go down well with people or the way that and i don't think here's the thing like i said I think people this, are always looking for a reason to be no mad. like i said the first thing is how she started i i you don't start something I'm, i can guarantee you that if she did not start by saying if you're a housewife you're a failure to 
womanhood. I'm very sure people already not have their. Is that what she says verbatim? Yes. Alright, that's a good watch that video again. She said, I, I if you're a housewife, you are it. a failure. That mm. is exactly so. That's why I'm looking at you like, what the hell are you saying? Yeah, so, I think about that. all the housewives, or all the women who had to stop working to take care of their children, or because their husband said, I don't want a nanny taking care of my child, you stay at home. And then to hear a woman tell you that you are a failure, nobody wants to listen to the rest of the shit that you're saying. Yeah, even I felt it. Yeah, I'm not even a housewife. I have to go watch, I have to go watch the thing because I didn't hear that part. I thought what got people triggered was the whole no. two million, two, two million um, No, parts. that's why when you see the reaction online, they focused on the word housewife. Mm-hmm. It was, if you're a housewife, you are a failure. And even this one, you know, I said, I don't, on a, on a level, I understand borrowing your husband money, and, but I don't see really stressing the money back. If it's like a business you own, I get it because a lot of businesses go under because a lot of times family members or husband, let's say you own a restaurant now and your husband starts eating for free. It doesn't make any sense. The husband has to pay because you have to balance your books. You're running a business. Even if you, even if yourself, you're the owner of the business and you have a meal from that business, you have to um, pay, you have to pay for, you have to pay for it also just to balance the books. So all that kind of stuff makes sense. But like on a personal level, you know, my money is your money, I would think. I will not want, so why am I getting money from it to pay back to you? Yeah, so please, all the housewives, if you're a housewife and you listen to this podcast, you're not a failure. You know, shout out to all of you. Alright, let's hit the draw of the week. Please post, we all follow on campus. Jay, God bless you. My friends and I bought tickets for your hair cream raffle draw. Hope we win something. We had an argument while reading in the library yesterday. I lost my voice even. A girl in our department is a side chick to this to this lay rich couple on IG. The husband always showers her with blessings, tickets to Dubai, money and all. According to her, this man is faithful to her. And doesn't cheat on her apart from his wife they have been dating for three years now our argument was that is it possible to find your soulmate in a married man since our culture and religion permit second wife people say god punished side chicks but a lot of second wives were side chicks before and god blessed them with children money and everything while first wives suffer and some women who waited for one man suffered being single so, Jura, is it possible to find your soulmate in a married man? I have no idea. I, 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 I mean, I don't. I would like to think that it's not possible because once you hear that someone is married, you should actually just take off your eyes and your heart and your soul from it. People act like falling in love is not a conscious decision. It is a conscious decision. So you made the conscious decision to see the married man as your soulmate. Uh, like that's some bullshit. You know. She laid out a really well um, thought out argument here and sometimes we forget that we are Africans, we live in Africa, we are in Nigeria, in Lagos and we throw away our traditions and our own religion which is interesting. We actually have a guest next week who will talk a lot about this stuff anyway. So that's I guess a teaser there. But it's true, in tradition, uh, most cultures in Lagos, Nigeria, um, we permit marrying more than one wife. 
So if a man is going to get more than one wife, once you start dating, once you date the woman, you have to date her. And obviously, she's dating her, she's a tight chick, and she becomes the second wife. So it's legit possible where you can become the second wife, and that man is your soulmate because you are the second wife. Um, even biblically, you know, David, all these other people in the Bible, they had more than one wife. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. So to it's have fine, more than I guess, if, if, if the man is your soulmate, but you're not his soulmate. I don't understand. So you can think that somebody is the love of your life, but the other person doesn't mean they're the love of their life. That's fine, but I'm saying it's a possibility. So here's what I think not everybody even marries their soulmates in the first place. I, I don't know if we all agree. Okay. Right. Yeah, not yeah. everyone marries that. So, so I, I feel her question is specifically not about is it wrong to marry as a second wife. Her question is, can you find your soulmate in a married man? Let's not jump away from the question. That was her question. I don't know that second wives or third wives think that the man that they married is actually their soulmate. They might love him, but whatever. But they might not necessarily think that that is the man for me. So yeah. So but the point, I don't know if you get okay. So like the point is that it's someone possible. I know in my neighborhood. For instance, she she she's she married as a second wife, um, and her parents were like, "Don't marry this man, don't marry this man." Like, how can you go and be, you know, you know like how you brought up the African tradition? Now she's learned, she went to uni abroad, she's, she's you know she's a babe, and then she married this guy as a second wife. I guess she she felt like she was in love or whatever. Are you sure she found her soulmate in a married man? A married man, Abby. Um, today she's living in her school a room at the back of her school because the man has sent her out like she has no idea what happened so that's why i said you it's possible for you to think that the person is your soulmate but are you the person's soulmate and now the guy is like i beg that is him and his first wife you know that's the woman that has always been there even when he did not have anything she was there the many wives are the ones who came to come and enjoy after he had made something so is he your soulmate because, because, it, because it didn't work out for that one. See, no, but I'm saying that but when you hear a lot of stories, I, I feel like it's always easy for us to glamorize second wives, third wives. But have you actually ever sat down with a second wife or a third wife and heard about no, it's how... Not, it's not glamorized. It's the other way we're always hearing. We're always hearing these horror stories that you like to tell. Before Oembo Man came to this country, men have been marrying multiple wives and they've been living in peace. It's still they they've come. been living in peace or do women just they, allow them living in peace? Yeah, I don't know how it is. They should be living in peace. Still all these westerners came with their own story, story, story. All of a sudden, all of a sudden it's a problem where uh, men can have multiple wives. When in the 16th, men had multiple wives, everybody got along, society progressed, but all of a sudden it become a problem now. But anyway, like she said, I, I don't think you can, but clearly Sus is saying that you can find your soulmate. You can. Yes, why not? Yes, there's, there's no law against it. Um, is it the most likely place? Maybe not. But of course, it's possible. And like she said, there's nothing um, patently bad in it, especially if you're dating a man with purpose of being the second wife. And if, you know, the man is... Uh, uh, um, obviously, you can't be married legally and marry a second wife. Is uh, I think it's against the law. You can't. So, so but uh, if the man is practicing his traditional religion, which allows him to have more than one wife, you know, or if you're a Muslim, you're allowed to have more than one wife. Yes. So what about what so even even the Quran says? I like how you said if you're a Muslim, the Quran actually says that marrying more than one wife, if you are sure that you can love all of them equally, people always seem to leave that part out. And there are a lot of Muslims with um, more than one wife and I'm sure they are obeying the good book. I'm sure they love them equally, of course. Yes. They do. One wife doesn't have a better car than the other. Yes, obviously. It's quite simple. You buy, the, you buy the same Honda Civic for all of them, 
give them the same allowance money. Oh, please, for the stories I've heard. And you, and you schedule it the same time for all of them. These wives actually fight about, oh no, he likes Yarisi more, so he spends most nights in her room. Or you know, Yarisi gets the better jewelry they always than like I do. To, uh, like I said, they always like to scare us with the horror stories. Mm-hmm. That are those people living in bliss enjoying their polygamous or they, or homes they seem like they're living and in nobody bliss. is disturbing them it's only the bad bastards they want or they seem they like they're living they want, in bliss they won't be ringing out whether we like it or not there's always one wife who is taking out more who is clearly loved more whether we want to turn, turn a blind eye to it i hardly see a man with three wives take all three wives to a wedding hardly i didn't say he doesn't but i hardly there's always the one that he thinks will look good in public who will look flashy we can't we can't um, condemn all men for the mistake of one man that's not doing it right mm. so anyway uh thank you guys for listening to the, this episode of the good bad gang um ld thanks for hustling and getting here for the listeners uh good vibes always follow us on facebook instagram and twitter it's good bad gang on all these platforms subscribe on itunes and soundcloud um if this is your first time listening welcome this one for real is if your man did not love you real good in a bed, then you know that I really good vibe. And if I give you full satisfaction, my girl, then you know that I really good vibe.